Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 811, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 19, verses 27 to 30. Let's read the passage. Then Peter responded to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, or father or mother or children or fields because of my name, will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's giving us this teaching, preaching, healing ministry of Jesus, and we're in the section where they're heading to Jerusalem. Completed the ministry in Galilee, and are now on the way to Jerusalem. When they get to Jerusalem, that will be the final chapter of Jesus' life as he confronts the religious leaders and will be executed, but then resurrected. He's in the area of either the northeast corner of Judea or the very western edge of Perea. They're in the neighborhood of Jericho, one side or the other of the Jordan River. He began this section of the journey by healing a lot of people. Then he had the confrontation with the Pharisees. They gave him the question about divorce. Then had the event with little children where the disciples didn't want the children to bother Jesus, but Jesus blessed them and said that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then he had the encounter with the rich man who asked, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, you need to sell everything and follow me. That takes us to this section where Peter then asks about what's this mean with respect to them. But before we get that, let's get what Peter's responding to. Let's look back again at verses 23 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now let's pick it up today. Verse 27, Then Peter responded to him, See, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? Well, the rich man went away upset because he couldn't bear to part with his things. And the disciples are all watching this. Peter speaks for them. But Jesus responds to them as a group. Peter says, we've left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? Now, what's his motivation and what's he really getting at? We can't read too much into it because we just don't know. Is he saying, well, the rich man wouldn't do it, but we certainly did it. So what's in it for us? Or is he just curious, saying, how, how does this work? We don't understand. Now, have they left everything? Well, they seem to have 
pretty much left everything, but they didn't have the same demand on them that Jesus gave to the rich man. There's no indication that the disciples sold everything they had and gave it away. We see earlier going to Peter's house, and the implication is somebody still got a boat that they used going around the Sea of Galilee. They have left it all behind going with Jesus, and we know they haven't left their families altogether. Paul makes the point in his letter to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians, that all the other apostles have wives, so apparently they retain their families, and to abandon their families completely would be kind of contrary to the message of the New Testament about the value of family. But Peter asked the question, because they have walked away from their community, their businesses, their families. And his question is, well, what's that mean for us? Verse 28, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is a confusing verse, and there's a lot of debate about it and a lot of ideas about it. So this is one of those we have to apply some humility to and be careful about saying that this is absolutely what it means. First, he says, truly, I tell you, in the renewal of all things. Now, it's a single word that gets translated renewal of all things. It's a compound word that basically it's again and birth put together. So you could basically say rebirth. But it only occurs twice in the New Testament here and in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, where it's used in the terms of the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And there it's translated as regeneration. So it means something like that. Renewal, regeneration, start over. It gets translated in different English translations as messianic age, new world, the regeneration, when the world is made new, the renewal of all things. So we get the sense of it. Jesus is saying, when I set things right and make everything new, that's what I'm talking about. So at that time, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. Now some see a lot of reference to the book of Daniel here, since he does use the term Son of Man, which shows up in Daniel. And we see a scene of judgment in Daniel's prophecy, in Daniel 7. And there we see the people of God, the nation of Israel, acting in judgment. So is that the imagery that Jesus is pulling up here? Well, he, he doesn't really tell us. So it may be, or it may not. But curious here, the one being judged are the 12 tribes of Israel. And so he says, that there will be this future judgment. And the Son of Man is on his glorious throne, and apparently is the throne of judgment. You follow me will sit on 12 thrones and judge in the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, is this specifically only to the 12 disciples? I think so, because he's answering Peter directly. He hasn't made any kind of shift. Peter's asking, what about us? And Jesus' response is, you 12, will sit on 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. 
What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, we don't have anything else to go by here, so be very careful about drawing out too clear of a picture. The takeaway here is there will be authority for the apostles. But here it's specifically tailored to the nation of Israel. Then he shifts in verse 29 and says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. This is often called the hundredfold promise. That which you've given up will be replaced a hundred times over. Now, questions here. Does that mean now, in this present life? Or is that speaking in the future? In verse 28, he's speaking of in the renewal of all things when the Son of Man sits on a glorious throne. What about the time of judgment? Is that what he's referring to in verse 29? Or is it more of an immediate thing? He doesn't say. And is he speaking concretely or is he speaking more figuratively? Because if it's very concrete, we get into some problems. He says left father or mother, but will we be replaced a hundred times over? So does that mean if I left my father and mother, I will get 100 fathers and 100 mothers? That really doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if we're speaking a little more figuratively, then maybe the idea there is if I become a follower of Christ and did leave my family, my mother and father, there will be more than 100 people willing to step into that position as far as a relationship with me within the body of Christ. I think he's speaking figuratively more from an idea of value. That which you receive will be more than a hundred times more valuable than anything you give up. What do you receive? He specifically mentions eternal life. That in itself is a hundred times more valuable than anything you give up. He says we'll receive those things and eternal life. Think about what you get when you follow Christ. One, you get a relationship with God. You get to be part of God's plan. You get to be part of God's family. You get to be part of the community of the body of Christ. You get a divine purpose that matters for eternity. You do get a lot, and it is way more valuable than anything you could have given up. I think he's just making comparisons here because this is coming after the rich man who couldn't give up everything. Peter's question, well, we gave up stuff. I think the answer pretty much simply is just, you get a whole lot more than you give up by becoming a follower of Christ. But then verse 30, he says, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Now he'll follow this up with a, a parable next time. But there will be rewards. But if you're following Christ seeking rewards, you're probably going to be disappointed. This sounds very similar to the language of when we began the discourse on relationships where Jesus was asked, well, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the answer was, that's the wrong question. It doesn't work that way. The real question is, who's going to be least in the kingdom of heaven? That person will be the greatest. So, well, that doesn't quite make sense. Well, he's talking about the value of humility, putting others first. 
And here, it's similar language, humility, putting others first, willingly giving up things for the sake of Christ. You'll get something in return for that. But it's a complete reversal of the value system of society. Society values prestige and position in the kingdom of heaven. No, that's not the case. Society values possessions and wealth. Kingdom of heaven. No, that's not the case either. It's a Abandonment of the value system of society and adopting the value system of Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.